This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Pacer Method with Dr. Donnelly Snipes. Today, we are going to be discussing boundaries. In this episode, we're going to define what boundaries are, describe the five types of boundaries and their impact on health. We'll discuss four laws of boundaries, examine three types of boundary violators, and finally, explore the boundary workout to strengthen weak boundaries. So what are boundaries? Well, basically, boundaries are ways we behave that teach people the types of behavior that we will and will not tolerate. They're kind of like a door into your safe space. You have this boundary and you can choose whether you acknowledge somebody who knocks on the door or whether you let them in. We have a lot of different types of boundaries. Our physical boundaries represent our personal space our preferences for eye contact, our preferences for touch, and it includes our sexual preferences in terms of what we like to do and what feels comfortable for us. Affective boundaries reflect our feelings and ability to empathize with others without getting consumed. When we empathize, we can experience what someone else is experiencing. We can walk a mile in their shoes, for example, but we are able to step out of their shoes. We recognize where we end and they begin, where our feelings, wants, and needs end and theirs begin. So we can back out of an intense situation and not get consumed by other people's feelings. Cognitive boundaries represent our ability to hold our beliefs thoughts, and perceptions without thinking we must change to fit other people's idea of what's right. Environmental boundaries are pretty straightforward. It's your stuff, your space, and even your time that you choose to share with other people. And relationship boundaries represent who you choose to spend your time with. Who do you want to spend time with? When you have healthy boundaries, you tend to feel safer, more supported, and you tend to be more aware of yourself, your thoughts, wants, and needs, because you're not being constantly bombarded by everyone else's thoughts, wants, and needs. When this happens, you tend to be more relaxed, which helps you sleep better, experience less pain, and it actually improves your immunity. High stress, low immunity. Low stress, high immunity. It's a great thing. Affectively or emotionally, you'll tend to, be less, uh, tend to be less anxious, angry, depressed, and happier. 
you know, when you're getting better sleep, when you feel safer, when you feel supported, you know, it sounds like a pretty good place to be. Cognitively, you're able to think more clearly. Again, if you don't have a lot of other people's yammering going on, telling you how you should think and what you should do and all this other stuff, it's easier to identify your own thoughts and think more clearly. When you are rested, it's easier to think more clearly because your brain clears out all of the residual from the day before. Environmentally, you tend to feel safer when you have healthy boundaries, when you are not concerned that people are going to violate your boundaries or you're not feeling isolated because you keep everybody out. You feel like you've got support. And relationally, you will have more energy and desire to identify healthy relationships and nurture and maintain them. You start to recognize that it's not an either or. Either people stay out or everybody comes in. There is a middle ground where you can choose to let the healthy people in and keep the unhealthy ones out. So let's talk about some laws of boundaries. The first one is that boundaries may need periodic evaluation. Sometimes we may realize that we're holding boundaries that are too rigid. We're keeping people, too many people at arm's length. We are not listening to their perspectives. We're not even wanting to hear it, um, which can hold us back from achieving what we want in life and from having the life that we want. So if we are keeping that door locked and refusing to empathize, refusing to hear other people out, refusing to connect with other people, we want to examine our motivations for not letting them in. Are we afraid they're going to hurt us? Do we have low self-esteem and we're afraid that they wouldn't want to hang out with us anyway? You know, what's motivating us to keep other people out and to refuse to hear them out? What are we afraid of? Now, on the other end of the spectrum, for people who let everybody in, you may find that when you do that, there's no room for you and you're getting other people's ideas and thoughts and how things should be done and your sense of self, your hobbies, your desires, your wants, what makes you happy, those kind of disappear because you are overwhelmed with all of the crap that other people bring in and leave in your space. Examine your motivations if you are one who tends to let everyone in. You have, tend to have weak boundaries. Do you do it because you fear getting lonely? Do you fear abandonment or rejection? Maybe you do it because you don't want to set boundaries because you fear confrontation. Some people do it because they're afraid if they don't have these people in their life, if they set boundaries, that they will cease to exist. If I'm not so-and-so's best friend, if I'm not an employee at this place, if I'm not this, if I'm not that, then I don't know what I am or what I stand for. And that's really scary. And sometimes people let everybody in because they've been taught that it's not okay to say no or disagree. So they feel guilty when they set boundaries. So really important to look at the boundaries that you're setting. And remember, your boundaries are going to be different with different people. But with each person, look at those boundaries and ask yourself, is this boundary helping me be safe, healthy, and happy? 
Or is it preventing me from doing that either because I'm keeping them too far out or because I'm letting too many people in or I'm letting this person in and they are harmful and they violate my boundaries. You have the power to choose who you let in and when. You can refuse to rescue or enable immature or hurtful behaviors. If someone is um, throwing a temper tantrum, if they're being angry um, and insisting that you change or what have you, it doesn't mean that you have to change your change your ideas, change your thoughts. You can keep that door shut. Matter of fact, you can, you know, remove yourself from the situation completely. You don't have to let them in. You don't have to hear the verbal abuse. Um, if they are acting immaturely with your physical space, again, you have the ability to set your boundaries and choose how you react. And that may mean keeping the door shut by removing yourself from that person's presence. So there is not the danger of them violating your boundaries. You're keeping them out. You can refuse to entertain discussion on hot button topics. And I have a couple of family members who feel very passionately about particular topics. And those are topics that we do not discuss because they are unable to respect other people's points of view. When, when those topics come up, those people are insistent that everybody thinks and believes the way they do or, or else. And it tends to get very um, uh, abusive very quickly when you disagree with them on those topics. So, you know, overall, those people are very safe 99% of the time as long as those particular topics don't come up. And if they come up, it's important to have a uh, escape plan, so to speak. But generally, you just keep, wanna keep that door shut. You don't even wanna open, open that door where there could be a problem because you know with that person that that particular topic you disagree on and it's not safe to go there. With people that you don't know, or with people who have behaved badly in the past and violated your boundaries and continued to violate your boundaries even when you brought it to, to their attention. If, they think, if you think they've changed, you can tentatively begin to rebuild trust. And this is kind of like talking to them through the screen door. You know, you're, with the door closed, you're not hearing anything they say. You're not seeing them, you're not hearing them, nothing. With the screen door, you're willing to hear what they say, but you're not sure if you are going to take it or not. So you're willing to, you know, let them tentatively start communicating with you and um, see if they can respect your boundaries. And then for people that you do trust, you can invite them in. Just because somebody comes in though, doesn't mean you can't kick them out. You are responsible for protecting the sanctity of your personal space, of your boundaries. So it's important to remember if somebody starts violating your physical space, you can tell them to go away. If they won't, you know, you can extricate yourself. You can get yourself safe. Um, if they are violating your emotional space or your thought space, telling you how to think or how to feel, you know, it's important that you 
are able to protect yourself and you are able to recognize, well, these are my thoughts and feelings and I don't have to change them for, for anybody. Um, I can choose to change them if I want to, but I don't have to. And so you can set that boundary. And if that person doesn't like it and continues to bully you, then it's important to figure out how you're going to respond. Now, you are responsible to other people, but not for them, which means you're responsible to be kind. It's your responsibility to treat others as you want to be treated, but you are not responsible for how they react. So if you disagree on something, you know, it, that the other person may get angry that you don't agree with them, or you may get angry that they don't agree with you, whatever. But it, it's not your responsibility to handle their emotions for them. Once they get angry or afraid or whatever, um, it's their responsibility to figure out how to handle their own emotions. Everybody's responsible for how they react in situations. Remember, you can't change other people. You can provide your perspective, but it's up to them to decide what to do with it. And in recovery, we often refer to this as take what's useful and leave the rest. And, you know, over the years, I've met a lot of people and I've gotten a lot of advice and a lot of people's perspectives. And some of them I've taken and they've been super useful. Others I've disagreed with. And, you know, I don't begrudge that person for holding their perspective, but it doesn't fit for me. And that's where that boundary comes in. If you want people to respect your boundaries, you must respect theirs. So be proactive, communicate your boundaries, and don't expect people to read your mind. Tell them what your boundaries are with regard to touch or feelings. If they're violating your feelings boundaries, you know, it's important to tell them. Some people, when they see somebody who's unhappy, you know, their friend's unhappy, they want to make it better. And they may be have the best of intentions when they tell you to cheer up um, or it's not so bad. And that's very invalidating for the person who's upset. It's coming from a place of caring and love from the other person, but it's invalidating. So instead of getting angry about it, it's important to recognize, you know, again, it's coming from a place of love and communicate to that person when you're able to do so assertively and not be mean about it. Communicate to that person, you know, when I'm upset, it's more helpful to me if you do this or if you just recognize that I'm upset. And remember that different people have different boundaries. Some people want to be cheered up. Um, so it's, it's, again, it's important to ask people, what can I do right now that can help you feel better, that can help you improve the moment? What can I do to be supportive? Um, and sometimes it's just sit with me. Sometimes it's listen. Sometimes it's help me brainstorm, whatever it is. But instead of assuming you know what that person wants, it's respectful to ask, what is it that I can best do to help you right now? Simple as that. Don't try to change people. Change yourself and they will or won't change how they respond to you. So if someone is aggressive, I have a friend of mine who actually prides himself on being a troll. And, you know, that's not something that I'm really into. Um, and I'm not going to try to change him. However, 
if he tries to troll me, if he tries to, you know, get under my skin, I respond by setting my boundary and letting him know that that's not appropriate and I'm not going to tolerate that behavior. And, you know, he doesn't, he didn't, he did it once and never did it again. So it's important to recognize that people oftentimes inadvertently will violate your boundaries. You tell them that it got violated and what to do instead, and they will make the best effort to respect your boundaries. But if they don't, it's important to have the serenity to accept the things or people you cannot change. You can't change other people. They have to want to. And the courage to change the things you can, which sometimes means taking a break from that person or getting yourself safe from that person. So think of boundaries like a house. Boundaries help you feel safe in your headspace, in your personal space, and just in your own skin. You have the ability to choose who you let in to your head, who you let into your heart, and who you let into your space. You don't really want to have somebody that you let live in your head, for example, rent-free, which means letting someone, and this is typically someone who is unkind, letting the things that they say bounce around in your head and drain your energy and drain your self-worth. That is like somebody living in your house, using your electricity and eating your food and paying no rent. You wouldn't tolerate that. Why are you letting somebody live in your head and drain all your energy? So there are four types of people that we're going to talk about. Three boundary violators and one healthy boundary. So your benign strangers, your burglars, your children, and your family and friends. Benign strangers. These are people that may come to your door and knock and you're like, I'm not sure who this person is, but they don't look super scary. Going to open the door and ask them what they want. So you may talk to them through the screen door to learn about what they're offering. What do you have to impart to me? You know, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to be open to what's there. It doesn't mean I'm going to accept it. doesn't mean I'm going to change and do what you want, but I'm willing to hear your point of view. They may have something that you need now or in the future. So think about after a storm when the tree removal services come by and they, they want to clean up the trees that fell down in your yard. Well, maybe you have a perfectly good chainsaw and you are getting ready to do it. So you don't need that right now. So you're probably not going to change your plans. But six months later, when there's another storm, if your chainsaw's broken, well, maybe then you'll go back and consult that. So sometimes people will impart information or advice or wisdom that we don't need right now, but later on it's like, oh, that, that's useful now. So be aware of that. Then you have the politicians that go around before elections to try to convince you to vote for them. That's your boundary. You have a choice about who you vote for. Just because they come to your door doesn't mean you're going to agree with them or you're going to vote with them, but you may be willing to hear them out. The same thing is true for mentors and colleagues and even strangers. You know, it's amazing what you can learn from just random people you interact with if you have your mouth shut and your ears open. Who in your life falls into this category? They're benign. They're not best friends or anything, but they're um, 
people in your life who might be able to offer you information or wisdom or assistance, um, but you they're not somebody you're just going to invite into your home. Burglars. These are the people like narcissists, sociopaths, and people in active addiction who will try desperately to figure out how to stealthily get in so they can rob you of your self-worth, your confidence, and even your stuff sometimes. A lot of times this group of people will smile and charm their way to get in. And then once they're in, they slowly change. All of a sudden they start gaslighting, which is means trying to convince you you're crazy, basically. Saying you tell them that they did something or accuse them of doing something and they deny it. Or you say, you know, my laptop has disappeared. And they say, I never saw a laptop. You must be crazy. Or they may hear something that you believe and try to convince you that you're wrong or quote, only an idiot would believe that. They also may start showing up only when they need something and then bait you by saying, well, if you cared about me, you would do this. So think about who in your life falls into this category. They're the people who tend to rob your energy, rob your self-worth and your confidence and are actively trying to manipulate you. Children, these are the people who react immaturely or in, in immature ways to um, not getting their own way. And people who fall into this category insist on getting their own way and that you approve of them at all times. Otherwise, they throw a temper tantrum. It's kind of, you know, if we're going back to that house metaphor, they hurl flaming bags of dog poop at your door and go around the house knocking on every door and window until you give in. They will, you know, start texting you, for example, 40, 50 times until you finally pick up. Uh, this is the child response. And this is, again, a person who is violating your boundaries because you've already said, no, I'm not going to talk to you right now or no, you cannot come in or no, I can't do that. And they are going to continue to try to bully until they get their own way. So who in your life falls into this category? And finally, there's family and friends, and these are the healthy ones. These are the people who show up at your door and they're generally safe to let in. They are, it's safe to hear them out. It's safe to talk with them. It's safe to share your thoughts and feelings because they will respect them. They may not agree with them, but they will respect them as yours. They won't rob you blind or intentionally cause you harm. You may have disagreements, but they respect, again, that it's, it's your house. They're your thoughts, your feelings, your rules. If they don't respect your rules and you ask them to stop doing it, you ask them to leave, then they either stop doing it and apologize or they may leave. You know, if you, if you keep doing that, then, you know, I'm going to have to go home. Well, it may end up that you have to go home. So it's important to recognize, you know, again, that family and friends are humans too. And they may inadvertently violate your behaviors or intentionally do it. If they intentionally do it and they continue to intentionally do it, it's important to set a boundary with a consequence. Staying safe. Unfortunately, not every person is safe to let in. So lock your proverbial doors. Be willing to set boundaries and don't let everybody in. 
Use the peephole to know who's out there. That means, you know, evaluate people before you let them in, before you start sharing your thoughts and, and secrets and, you know, things that make you feel vulnerable. Make sure that it's a safe person. Periodically evaluate your boundaries to see if they're helping you or holding you back. Communicate your boundaries to other people so they know what to do, what not to do. They know what you expect. And, and a lot of times people are more than happy to respect your boundaries if they know what they are. And remember that you have the power to choose who you let in and give your energy, love, and stuff to. You have the power to choose who stays in your house. And you have the power to choose if you change your the rules of your house or your beliefs. You don't have to change because somebody thinks differently than you. You can evaluate and decide, is it in my best interest to change my beliefs about that? Sometimes they may impart some information that you didn't know before. And with that new information, you're like, oh, I guess I've been wrong. So you decide to change your rules, your, change your beliefs, but you don't have to. It's still your choice. And that's the beauty of boundaries. So for the boundary workout, make a list of five to 10 types of situations in which you regularly have difficulty assertively maintaining your boundaries. That means respecting other people's boundaries, but, and, and maintaining your own at the same time. Maybe a friend asks you to do something and you really don't have the time or feel like they take advantage of you. Or someone expects you to change your point of view or the way you do something. Or maybe you continue to dwell on something someone said. You're letting them rent, live rent-free. Or you disagree with someone about something and demand that they change. A coworker who goes through your desk to get stuff or just be nosy and see, you know, what kind of dirt they can dig up. Or maybe you're upset and somebody, again, maybe well-meaning, tells you to suck it up and get over it. Um, or someone who regularly walks up to you and just gives you hugs and doesn't respect your physical boundaries. So identify each day, identify one example of an interaction in which somebody has not respected your boundaries or one that you expect to happen in the near future and practice maintaining your boundaries. What would you say? How would you assertively communicate to them what you need? And create and review a boundary bill of rights. And it's important, especially if you've got weak boundaries, to review this each morning for a while. So you get used to reminding yourself that you have power and you have rights. So some things you might include are, I have the right to only be touched when I want. I have the right to express my uniqueness as long as it doesn't infringe on someone else's boundaries. So for example, you know, if one of the things that makes you unique is you are a nudist, um, that's great. However, it's not necessarily going to work to go to your office in the nude because that would make other people feel uncomfortable. And you can argue about, you know, if that's actually invading their boundaries. But, you know, within reason, we want to explain be able to express our uniqueness, but we don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable or um, infringed upon. I have the right to my thoughts and feelings. I have the right to choose when I change my thoughts and feelings. I have the right to be heard 
as long as I communicate assertively. I have the right to privacy in my stuff. There are a lot of other rights that you could include in this boundary workout, but that just kind of gets you started. So I usually suggest creating a list of like 10 um, rights that you have on your boundary bill of rights and review them every morning. We learn boundaries through our interactions with primary caregivers and the people in our cultures. Unfortunately, sometimes those boundaries are not healthy. There are many types of boundaries and each person's boundaries are a little bit different. It's important to explore and increase your awareness of what healthy boundaries look like for you and to inquire of others what their boundaries are so you can not only get your boundaries respected, but you can respect other people's boundaries. This show is produced by Mr. Charles Snipes and presented by Dr. Donnelly Snipes. You can learn more about boundaries and mental health at docsnipes.com YouTube. They can be reached at 1633 West Main Street, Suite 902, Lebanon, Tennessee, 37087, or by email at support at docsnipes.com.